0: Job chapter 28, verse 1. Surely there is a mine for silver and a place where gold is refined. I'm reading the New King James Version. And then slide down to verse 12. But where can wisdom be found? And where is the place of understanding? Job said, there is a mine for silver, there is a place where gold is refined, but where, where do you find wisdom? I'd like to speak to you this morning on the subject, going deep. God bless you, thank you for standing, worshiping, engaging the presence of the Lord. Have you ever wondered if God is real? That he really existed. Have you ever asked if the Bible was really the inspired word of God and absolutely true? Have you ever questioned the reality of eternity? Is there really a heaven? Is there really a hell? Who will go where and why? How do you get to heaven and how can you avoid hell? Have you ever asked those most important questions... Of life. And if you've ever asked those questions, or even if you're asking them now, it doesn't mean necessarily that you're a terrible evil person, hopefully. However, searching for the answers to those questions in the Bible and in prayer will determine the outcome of your honest questioning. You can leave, live. With a question mark in your mind about God, you would be an agnostic to say, I'm not really sure. Or you can conclude that God is not real, that the Bible is a man-made book. You can conclude that the idea of heaven and hell is just a myth and become an atheist. But ultimately, however, your eternal destiny will be determined by how you deal with your questions about God the Bible, and eternity. There are people who try to deny the existence of God to justify their sinful behaviors and their ungodly decisions. And I've learned that you can't find God by running from Him. God will reveal Himself to you when you seek Him. In Deuteronomy 4.29, the Bible said, from here you will seek the Lord and you will find Him if you will seek Him with all of your heart and all of your soul. Jeremiah twenty nine thirteen said, You'll search for Me and find Me when you search for Me with all of your heart, not in a half-hearted manner, but when you go after God, you will find Him. The Bible said in Isaiah 55, verse 6, that we should seek the Lord while He may be found, and call upon Him while He is near. Second Corinthians 6 and 2 said there is an accepted time of salvation. Today is the day of salvation. Today is an accepted time, but it is not always time to be saved. Time does run out. I've learned according to Acts 17 that if you will feel after him and seek the Lord, you can find him that he is not far from every one of us. If you ignore the questions, or if you try to answer spiritual questions from secular sources, you will find yourself confused. You will find yourself knotted up with all kinds of chaotic thoughts, because you cannot find the answers to the questions of life and eternity from philosophy. You cannot find it in secular humanism You find it by seeking the Lord in His Word and through prayer. Paul warned the young minister Timothy to be careful. He said, the Lord has entrusted you with this gospel, and you need to guard it. He told Timothy you need to avoid empty chatter and opposing arguments of what is falsely called knowledge, or in the King James, science falsely called. Timothy, some have professed and they have gone astray from the faith. Be careful, Timothy, whose voice you let in your head. There's nothing more valuable than your soul. And Jesus said, what would it profit if you gained the whole world and lost your own soul? Or what would you give in exchange for your soul? I was in my late teenage years and I was faithfully serving the Lord. I'm not not trying to boast by what I'm getting ready to say but I want to give a context to my point. 19 years old, working a full-time job trying to find the will of God for my life was before I went to Bible college. I'd been on a missions trip a year earlier and the Lord just let me know if you want to be involved in my kingdom there is a place for you. I didn't know where that place was and I was trying to figure out where that place was. I developed a routine of fasting every week and had gone on some longer fasts with my friend, uh, my good buddy. I was developing a prayer life, intentionally spending time with God. I faithfully read and studied my Bible. I was responding to God's call to a deeper walk with Him. In our local church... I was involved as a Sunday school teacher, a bus ministry worker, a choir member, an orchestra member, a pretty decent young Christian kid. And then out of nowhere, I had a moment, several moments, of serious doubt. I was in the hospital, and I uh, had just undergone an emergency appendectomy. For several days, I had been in a lot of pain, localized, and... Couldn't figure it out. They took me from the doctor's office straight across the street to the hospital. Did the appendectomy, really not a big deal if you look back on that. Not life-threatening, but for me at 19, it was a little scary. My appendix had a pinhole in it and uh, possibly was about to burst. Back then, it was a four-day stay in the hospital. Can you imagine that? So I'm there in the hospital, you know, kind of locked down there, not enjoying it at all. And for whatever reason, when I was there in the hospital and recovering, I started thinking about all the advanced technology and the medical expertise of the doctors and medical personnel just in that local hospital. I couldn't help but compare the level of intellect, of skill, of ability of the doctors to the lower intellectual and professional levels at which most of my peers and I trafficked, we weren't quite there. So I'm sitting there in my hospital bed, and I remember getting spiritually disoriented. I started to question the wisdom of the Bible compared to the genius of science. I thought back on that time and wondered if it was a, a literal attack of Satan on my faith. You know, Jesus told Peter that Satan has desired to have you, to sift you like wheat, but I I prayed for you that your faith will not fail. So I was struggling with my faith in this moment. And, you know, the devil always puts a question on the Word of God. He asked Eve, did God really say that? He asked Jesus questions to make him doubt his faith in Almighty God the Father. You know, the father of the man, Christ Jesus. So I knew what to do. My parents always did what I did next. I was raised knowing where you turn when you're in trouble. My pastor, my Sunday school teachers always taught me what you do when you've got a question mark. So I opened my Bible. Now, back then, there were no smartphones. No laptop computers. We were past, a little bit past the Telegraph, past the Pony Express. But we didn't have the technological Bibles. And I will have to say that I did, looking back, I'm kind of proud of this. I did have my Bible with me in the hospital. I guess someone brought it to me because I wasn't planning to go in the hospital. And I've learned this, that you can't turn in your Bible if you don't have your Bible. You can't open your Bible if you don't have an app on your phone or your device or whatever. So I was holding my Bible, which as I reflect, that's a good place to start. And I had heard stories of people who just opened their Bible and it fell to a particular place and it was exactly what they needed. Now, don't laugh at me, please. I Don't, rec- don't try this at home I don't recommend that this is the way you study the Bible. All right? So let's just, let's just settle that. This is not the way that you should normally go after your Bible study. But I'm there. I'm 19 years old. I'm in the hospital. You know, I'm okay. I'm not, you know, it's not life-threatening as I told you. But I was pretty desperate to hear a word from the Lord. And hopefully since then I've learned where to turn In my Bible. But I just opened my Bible. And my Bible opened. To Job chapter 28. I didn't have my ribbon marker there. I might have read this chapter before. But I honestly don't think so. I know I'd read through the New Testament. By then I'm not sure I'd read all the Old Testament. It was not a familiar passage of scripture. I really didn't know what I was about to read. But I started reading Job 28. And in spite of my doubt, the Lord had undoubtedly led me to that passage. You don't find God running from God. You find God running to Him. You find God seeking Him. Not seeking to deny Him. Seeking for Him to reveal Himself to you. I started reading through Job 28. I, don't, I do want you to understand that Jesus Christ wants to reveal himself to you. And he doesn't do that for his sake. He doesn't need to know you, he already does. You need to know him. He's not willing that any should perish. He came to this world to seek and to save that which was lost. And As I read through Job 28, the Lord began to speak to me through his word. I want to recap what I read and then focus on a couple of truths from Job 28. Job is reflecting on the value systems of life, things that matter and things that don't. And Job opens this chapter talking about how human beings mine precious metals and precious stones from deep in the earth. Things of value, Job says, and he realizes they are not found in shallow places. They are found in deep places. Job keenly observes that animals like falcons and lions do not have an understanding to go mine deep in the earth and pull out the gold and the sapphires and the various gems that are found there. Job sees that. In the animal world, Job says, gold and silver and precious stones are worthless. You cannot eat them, so what good are they if you are an animal? And Joe begins to talk about this. Surely there is a mine for silver and a place where gold is refined. Iron is taken from the earth and copper is smelted from ore. Man puts an end to the darkness. He searches every recess for one in the darkness and the shadow of death. He breaks open a shaft away from people in places forgotten by feet. They, they hang far away from them and swing to and fro. He envisions miners... Tunneling into the earth and swinging on ropes as they're trying to mine out veins of gold and silver. Stones are the source of sapphires. It contains gold dust. He said the earth, it has bread on the top, but underneath the earth it's turned up by fire. Job could not know that, but by divine understanding. The path that no bird knows. The falcon's eye has not seen it. Proud lions have not trodden it. Fierce lion has not passed over it. Man, he puts his hand on the flint. He overturns the mountains by its roots. He cuts out channels in the rocks. And his eye sees every precious thing. He, He dams up streams from trickling what is hidden. He brings forth to light. Man does this as he goes and burrows deep in the earth to mine. Job said... It is amazing what man can do. But then in verse 12, he asks this question, but where can wisdom be found? And where is the place of understanding? When I was reading Job 28 in my hospital room about 46 years ago, the Lord was showing me something about the dimensions of life and giving me an understanding about levels in life. There are dimensions in the animal world that have limited understanding. There is the dimension of the natural human world where costly treasures are found, but knowledge is limited to the natural. And then, as Job said, there is that spiritual world, that superior spiritual world where eternal treasures are mined out of the depths of God. Job, uses two apex predators to represent the best that the animal world has to offer. Verse 7 of Job 28, That path, the path of the miners, no bird knows, nor has the falcons. The King James says, vulture. Other translations say, the falcon's eye has not seen it. All of us who live in Atlanta are waiting for the falcons to become apex predators. Joe visualizes the sharp eyes of a falcon searching for food. The peregrine falcon has been clocked at 242 miles an hour as it dives for prey. The eyes of a falcon are eight times more powerful than the eyes of a human being. A falcon can spot a small prey, a little mouse, at up to two miles away and then swoop down at 242 miles an hour to snatch that prey. But think about it. For all the predatory prowess of a falcon, it has no use for gold. A bird, even a falcon, has no understanding of the value of precious metals or precious stones. And because gold and sapphires are mined from deep in the earth, no matter how good his eyes are, he cannot see Past the surface of things Nor is that bird interested Gold has no value In the realm In the level Of the animal kingdom Then Job starts talking about Proud lions in verse 8 The proud lions have not trodden it Nor has the fierce lion Passed over it Throughout history Lions have been symbols of strength The king of the beast right Can sprint up to 50 miles an hour can leap up to 36 feet. The lion's bite pressure is 650 pounds per square inch compared to 150 PSI for a human. Really, today we know it's not the most powerful animal, but it's the lion. Job says that a lion is powerful as that lion is. One and a half inch claws. Powerful legs. But a lion has never dug a mine into the earth To try to go where gold is or mine out sapphires. To the mind of a lion it has no value at all. In fact, a lion could starve to death sitting on a stack of gold bullion. Because gold is meaningless. It is worthless in his world. And then Job said, let's talk about these miners. Look what they can do. Gold has great value to men. Job observed that men have the intellect to dig mines deep into the earth. This is fascinating to commentators because Job is one of the oldest Bible characters. His book is a very old poetical book. But back then, even way back then, men were miners and they knew that you've got to dig if you want to go after some things that are precious. Job said they find silver, gold, sapphires. They sell those precious metals to buy food and uh, other goods. This is the realm of men back then. And then we can fast forward to our day. Humans, we can put a man on the moon. We have advancements of medicine, science, and technology And even in the last four decades since my hospital stay, it has gone far beyond that. And when I interact with the medical community, I am so impressed and amazed by what they know and what they can do. What I knew at 19 is rather archaic compared to the advances and scientific standards of today. And I am still impressed to some extent by intelligence and education, and as I was at the age of 19, I have great respect for highly trained doctors and other professionals. And my goal today is not to ignorantly speak against the ingenious and mind-boggling advances that mankind has made, but everything that human beings can know and can do with human ability is still limited, locked down to the natural realm. To what we can know with the mind or even the emotions or intuition, there is a limit to the depths of understanding of humans, just as there is to the animal world, to falcons and lions. Job seems impressed by what man can do. But he asks this question, something that is not discovered by human means, Job said, I know that men can mine deep into the earth. But I have this nagging question he asked in verse 12. But where can wisdom be found? And where is the place of understanding? I'm here to tell you that the deep things of God cannot be comprehended by the best the animal world has to offer. And the wisdom and understanding that only God can give cannot be comprehended by the most intellectual human being in the world. They are not known by the mind. They can be known in the mind, but they are not known by the mind As Jesus told Simon Peter, flesh and blood has not revealed this unto you, but my Father which is in heaven, there is another source of another level of what we can know and who we can be. Let's not forget that for all that we humans have achieved, We are still dealing with our fallen nature that is a result of sin. We cannot control a hurricane. We cannot even eradicate the common cold. We've not been able to conquer moral weakness. We don't have a vaccine that can heal hatred. Job said that deep in the earth where the bird of prey and the king of beasts cannot go, there is a place where men mine treasures But Job, aching to know God, aching to make sense out of his suffering, said there must be a place where wisdom is found and understanding can come. But Job said it's not in the world of the animals. It's not in the natural world of man. It's in the world of the spiritual. Job gave us a clue with his mining illustration that elements of great value like gold come with great effort and from great depths. So it is with the wisdom and knowledge of God. Where is wisdom found and where is the place of understanding? As gold is mined from the depths of the earth. So spiritual wisdom and understanding our mind from the depths of God and His Word. Shallow people do not find spiritual treasures. Spiritual riches are only found by going deep. Job continues talking about the Lord, where is wisdom found the place of understanding? Job said in verse 13, and you won't see these verses, I just want to relate them man does not know its value. Now you think about this. In the same way that the bird and the lion has no use for gold and sapphires, they don't mean anything to those animals. And Job said, to the natural man, understanding and wisdom the things that belong to to God's realm, to God's world. The natural man has no use for them. Nor, Job said, is it found in the land of the living. The deep says, the ocean say, it's not in me. And the sea said, it's not with me. And Job said, it cannot be purchased for gold, nor can silver be weighed for its price. You cannot buy God. cannot be valued with the gold of Ophir and precious onyx and sapphire. And Job asked again in verse 20, for where then does wisdom come and where is the place of understanding? And Job said, it is hidden from the eyes of all living, And concealed from the birds of the air. The animals cannot find it. Men mining deep in the earth cannot discover it. It's got to be discovered another way. And then referring to God. Job says in verses 27 and 28. As he concludes the chapter that changed my life. Then he saw wisdom and declared it. He prepared it. Indeed he searched it out. And to man, the Lord said, Behold, the fear or reverence of the Lord, that is wisdom. And to depart from evil is understanding. Job said, if you want to know God, there's a starting point. You've got to begin with a fear, a reverence of God. Faith is believing that He exists and He will reward them that diligently seek Him. And Job said if you really want to find God, you've also got to walk away from evil. Because you can't have God Coexisting with evil, sin in your life. So I want to ask you a question today. On what level are you living? He said, "Well, I'm not living on the animal level." Well, some people do. Second Peter, the Apostle Peter, said that there are people who are like natural brute beasts. Paul referred to the Christians as evil beasts. Read Romans 1 and find out about the downward spiral of debased man to reprobation and perverted behaviors. There are people who live like animals. So well, I, don't, I don't live like that. But well, then perhaps you live on the human level. Brilliant, educated, talented, accomplished human beings who still lead lives of futility. Solomon confessed it in Ecclesiastes. He admitted that life without God, even the most successful life, is filled with emptiness. Filled with emptiness. The irony is intentional. Ecclesiastes 2, Solomon, New Living Translation, I worked so hard. To accomplish, it was all so meaningless like chasing the wind. There was nothing really worthwhile anymore. Ecclesiastes 2.17, I came to hate life, Solomon said. Everything done here under the sun is so troubling. Everything is meaningless like chasing the wind. He said in chapter 4 that most people are motivated to success because they envy their neighbors. That's an insight. Solomon said, but this too is meaningless, like chasing the wind. Solomon concludes his book about the similar things. You should read Ecclesiastes again. To find that really what matters is knowing God. Though Job said, there is another level. It is not the level of the animal world. It is not even the level of the natural world, as advanced and sophisticated as it be. Maybe But it is the level of the spirit I'm not against intellect But you cannot think your way Into being spiritual Jesus told Nicodemus A theologian, a ruler of the Jews You must be born again You've got to have a spiritual transformation. You cannot get this by thinking your way into the kingdom of God. You cannot be smart enough, good enough. You cannot buy it. You cannot earn it. You've got to be born again. Your old nature must die in repentance as you walk away from evil. Your nature has to be transformed, regenerated by the power of the Holy Ghost. To know those deeper places in God. The Holy Spirit has to be alive in you and actively working in you. Some Christian people, the Bible said, are like a dog returned to their vomit or a pig that is going back to wall or in the mud again. Let's not go back. You say, I would never go back. I would never be animalistic in my thinking. But Psalm 73, the writer said, I was like a beast before you. I was not thinking. I was not perceiving the spiritual. And Paul said it in 1 Corinthians 2.14. But the natural man, the smartest natural man or woman, does not receive the things of the Spirit of God they are foolishness to him, nor can he know them because they are spiritually discerned. What happened to me as I read Job 28, 19 years old, it dawned on me that there are some things that are of no value in the animal world find a starving bird, find a starving lion, offer that lion a hundred dollar bill. A wedge of gold. No interest at all, it has no value. And then it dawned on me that mankind at our best a person that is unregenerated, that does not know God. When they see us worshiping, when they see our prayer, when they watch our separated lives, it is foolishness to them. Because the natural mind, Paul said, cannot receive the things of God any more than a lion can understand why you should mine gold out of the veins of the depths of the earth. Paul said, it's foolishness. He cannot know them because they are spiritually discerned. Paul said, the preaching of the cross is foolishness to them that perish. Makes no sense at all. Today, we can dig past the levels of the animal world and the natural human world and discover a brand new world with treasures and riches beyond compare not just a different world a superior world the world of the spirit So take the plunge and go deep. Do you hear God calling you out of the shallowness of spiritual experiences alone coming to church on Sunday and then giving God the week off? If you're ready to go deep you've got to dig past the surface level. You've got to stay in prayer until you go into God's real presence. Press past the point when you don't want to pray anymore. You're tired of praying, press until you break through. The old timers were right about pray till you break through, till you pray through. And dig, dig into the treasures of this book, the Bible. And ask God to show you things that will make you better in your natural life and will save you for your eternal life. Would you bow your heads and let's pray right now. I come in Jesus' name thanking you, Lord, that you had mercy on me. In moments of confusion as I was trying to wrap my brain around the depths of man and you directed me to the depths of God. I pray today, Lord, that you would help us go deep, Lord, to establish deep spiritual roots for we know in this end time everything that can be shaken will be shaken so that which cannot be shaken will remain. I pray that you would give us an unshakable faith in you, Lord, and in your word because we have dug deep, Lord, and mined out the hidden treasures of your word. I pray that in Jesus' name. Amen. If you need to turn from your sins in repentance, do it today. Whether you're in the house or watching online, Ask Jesus Christ to forgive you of your sins. Confess your sins. Forsake your sins. Turn your life over to the Lordship of Jesus Christ. And by the way, you've only got so much time, so if you leave no time for God, you'll marginalize Him and put Him right out of your life. So for all the things that take your time would you push them back all the news, all the media all the secular voices would you do what my pastor's wife used to sing at prayer times in our church would you shut in with God in a secret place and would you there in the spirit behold his face And there you will gain new power to run in this race. That songwriter said, I have longed to be shut in with God. Why go deep? Because you can. Why go deep? Because you should. Because Jesus is calling us there. Are you ready? Let's take the plunge, let's dig. Let's go after God.